Welcome to Let's Talk Adoption with Marty Caldwell, bringing you the latest information for families seeking to adopt, adoptees, and women considering placing a child for adoption. Now, with today's program, here is Marty Caldwell. Well, welcome to Let's Talk Adoption. I'm Marty Caldwell, and thank you for joining us today. I want to remind you to visit our website, letstalkadoption.com, to sign up for weekly news updates and um, show updates also. And there's also a reminder you can have sent to you by email, so do sign up for that. Whether you're seeking to adopt or if you're ready at parenting through adoption or if you're hoping to maybe reunite with your birth child or adoptive family, uh, we'd be happy to give you information regarding that too. And remember, my email is info at letstalkadoption.com. Today, I'd like you to sit down and join us for an honest and really candid chat about a birth mother's view of a successful adoption and more. My guest today is Patricia Dischler and uh, Dishler. She is a birth mother and an author of a newly released book, Because I Loved You. It's a refreshing book that I've just finished um, that's been long needed about adoption from a birth mom's viewpoint. Uh, Patricia shares her candid story and in doing so, so gives us really helpful insight uh, and ingredients for a successful adoption, um, both on the birth parent side, adoptive parents, and adoption professionals. We also will chat about the value of respecting and understanding the heart of birth mothers, which is something that a lot of people haven't discussed in the past. Patricia lives in um, Madison, Wisconsin with her husband, Steve, and two daughters. So we're so happy to have you on the show. Welcome to the show, Patricia. Thank you. Well, it's a pleasure to be here with you. And I'm just, I'm so thrilled that um, you wrote this book um, because I loved you um, and just came out in May of this year. And um, it's a great book. The cover has you and your um, birth son on it. Um, how old is he now? He just turned 21 That's a couple of months ago. wonderful. I'm just, there's just so much into it. I want to get into it. I've got so many questions for you, too. You were 20 years old when yeah. you were, in, and you, were, you found out you were pregnant, but you were actually not the average 20-year-old. You co-owned your own business. Yeah, I've had one of those Forrest Gump kind of lives, you might say. Yeah. Um, I had... I did own co-own a printing company. I had previously been working there, and the owner was going to close the business. So mm. I made the decision with another co-worker to, to take over the business and, and go from there. Wow. So, when you found out you were pregnant, what kind of changes did, did your life take at that time then? Uh, immediate, you know, I kind of went through a series of events. Immediately, you know, there was not a whole lot of changes. You know, it was not something I expected at the time, but... I did own a printing company that was going well, and I had a steady boyfriend and, you know, was living on my own and pretty independent. So, you know, at first it's like, well, it's not quite the order I thought things were going to be in, but, you know. You, and, yeah, exactly. And, and you know what? I, I guess you could have kept your son, but you moved to choose adoption over parenting or abortion. Tell us a little bit about, um, you know, why? Because there are people that are saying, well, you know, she, she'd have everything together. Uh, why didn't she decide to parent her, her child? Well, what happened was, as I said before, there was a chain of events. Um, different things began to change, the first of which was losing my business. Uh, mm -hmm. My business partner had been um, doing some not-so-great bookkeeping mm -hmm. <laughs> and moving some money, and you know, when this was found out, I realized that the business needed to close. So that was the first piece of the puzzle. Um, the second, probably largest piece that really fit into this was when the birth father decided to leave, um, and he left the state, and I had no more contact with him. Wow. So I was really feeling like I was facing this, you know, alone, 
and without the financial means to really care for this child. And Mm -hmm. I moved back home with my parents during that time um, to to think about it and to really face this decision. Began seeing a counselor and really went through quite a long process because, as I said, in the beginning I felt like, you know, well, you know, it's not the order I wanted things to, but we'll make this work. And when these obstacles just kind of began popping up, I really needed to face them and be honest with myself about whether or not the situation my life was in at that moment was one that would be beneficial to a child. Right. And that's in the end it, it was not. Right. So you, you really struggled with this and really thought it out. Very much so. Did you have a choice between open or closed adoptions when you were first thinking about that? Um, I did, but it, it was something that it, it really didn't even have a name at that mm-hmm. point in time. Back in the 80s, you know, there's only a very few agencies that would even discuss openness and ad- adoption. And I didn't know it at the time, but I realize now that I was lucky enough to connect with a counselor who mm-hmm. was one of those pioneers that was really advocating for open adoption. Mm-hmm. And she had mentioned it to me because she saw the struggle I was going through. And for me, hearing that, I would have a choice to, you know, have some communication to know that he was going to be all right. Mm-hmm. That that really helped with my decision-making process because the, before that, I had only heard of closed adoptions. And I just, I couldn't just let him go and never know if I had made the right choice. I really, Mm -hmm. I needed to know. And that, Mm -hmm. for me, was a very key element. I think if I wouldn't have been offered open adoption, I don't know that I could have chose adoption at all. But because Mm -hmm. it was there, I was open to the process, and and we began it. And I think that's um, crucial with a lot of women, even today, is that they really want to just know it, just common sense. If you you love this this little guy, uh, even before he was born, and in reading your book, I couldn't put it down, you know, the title says it all because I loved you. Um, you know, it sounds like, you know, you really did some soul searching on this too. You know, you did write in your book that you're, you're about your dad and how you really struggled, he really struggled with adoption yeah. and how hard that was for you. And that was hard to read for me because my heart went out to you to read, um, you know, what you went through and how difficult it was. And, and I'm sure he was struggling too. Can you share a little bit about that? Because I'm sure there's women listening that, that have, yeah. their families are struggling with this decision. Yeah, I too. shared a lot of that in the book because um, something that I found in reading books on adoption is we we tend to focus on the birth mother, the adoptive parent, and the adoptee, mm-hmm. and people tend to forget that this is affecting whole families. Mm-hmm. There is a you know this would have been my father's first grandchild, mm-hmm. and you know that was a huge huge thing for him, so it was very difficult for him to consider that that child would not be a part of our lives mm-hmm. and you know and because open adoption was such a new thing at the time we really had no guarantees that we were going to have a connection later right. you know for the adoptive parents could have easily just decided afterwards not to send us information and we would have been left at that and that scared him quite a bit yeah and that scares anybody and that's why i think i mean we really stress i know i stress and um you know, the honesty in your contracts and your agreement with your birth parents and adoptive parents uh, is really important. Did you meet the adoptive parents, um, and, and or was it all done through just profiles? Um, it was just done through profile. I, I've been connected with a couple agencies recently, and I'm just so happy to see how things are done now with mm-hmm. these these uh, portfolios that mm-hmm. adoptive parents are putting up. 
for me, I and I, I have it printed in the book so you can see how little the information was that I got. It was literally a half a page of yeah. typed information, yeah, very basic, yep. what their jobs were, some of their hobbies, mm-hmm. um, that type of thing. So, And, and that is hard because you do, that's all you have to hold on to. And I know yeah. that uh, you wrote, um, you know, we'll talk about it a little bit, but you wrote about, you know, um, really going to the mailbox every day because you were getting yearly letters after the placement, mm-hmm. right? And then later on, we'll share with about it. you opened up. I have a question for you because you are going out and you speak to other organizations, um, adoption professionals, regarding, you know, um, your experience and your book and, and really sharing more about the positive um, value in open adoption. What do you feel is the biggest obstacles that um, both adoption professionals are placing and women today are facing with unplanned pregnancies? I think there's just not enough information out there. Mm-hmm. Something that I've been very surprised by since my stories come out is the the general public, people whose lives have not yet been touched by adoption. Yet is a big word. You're right, because they're yes. going to be. <laughs> they do not know that open adoption exists. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I am constantly faced with, with people saying, you know, oh my gosh, you had a relationship with your mm-hmm. son? And what did right. his parents think of that? Mm-hmm. They are so surprised by this idea. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it, it saddened me saddens me because I feel that there's probably a lot of birth mothers who, like myself, when I first went in to get counseling, had only heard the stories of closed adoptions and regrets and searching for your child and knew that that's not what I wanted to happen in my life. Mm-hmm. And, I, you know, it's another reason why I want my story to be out there. I want people mm-hmm. to understand that there is this option and that, you know, the 90% of adoptions today are open adoption arrangements. And I think so, and I think that people just need education. That's the whole purpose of, you know, Let's Talk Adoption right. is to really get the word out there. And I, I totally agree with that because um, I'm always amazed. I went to pick a baby up at the hospital uh, 1.30 in the morning. The other evening we drove um, for about four hours from our home, and there were six nurses, and the questions went on for an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. And they were honest questions. They just really wanted to know, you know, what's it like and how is it done and what, yep. you know, and what can they expect and where's this baby going to go and, uh, you know, what yeah, happens to the birth mother. People are very surprised by the entire arrangement. And, mm-hmm. and that in turn surprises me because since I had an open adoption arrangement, I've spent all these years assuming everyone else knew about them and understood them. Right. And it's not until going out and really publicly sharing my story that I'm finding that, they don't know. They don't understand. And right. And people, do, are you not born, you know, you're not born with this information. So it's like right. anything else. And I think a lot of people think of the movie Annie, you know, mm-hmm. and they think of orphanages. We still get phone calls, you know. Exactly. Where are there orphanages in the United States? And there aren't. There, there are foster care programs now. But, um, you know, our goal is, of course, not to have children at all go into any type of program like that. But, you know, forever homes because right. their birth parents choose it. I've got another question for you. you you've got a chapter in your book. It's called No One Forgets. Tell us about this. You know, you, um, you wrote I, about... I think, well, this was one, connected to one of those, the myths that I think still people still hold true to, where, you know, there's a lot of people that feel that, you know, after relinquishing your child, that you should just forget, go on with your life, put it behind mm-hmm. you. Right. And that just is not possible. Mm-hmm. The research has disproved it. You know, my own life disproves that, that myth. And... You don't forget. You think about it. This is a child that you carried for nine months. Mm-hmm. You're not going to forget this event in your life. It's going to affect you every day. Mm-hmm. And I was, you know, in really researching and putting my story on paper, it really helped me focus 
on how many different aspects of my life this decision really did touch. Right. And not just my life, but as I said before, this affects entire families. And this had a kind of a ripple effect on my entire family as well. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think it's important for people to remember that you are you are going to remember. And mm-hmm. that that's okay. And not to try that, to stuff it. Yes, we should embrace that. We mm-hmm. should, you know, we and with the openness, you know, in this kind, type of arrangement, you can celebrate that. Mm-hmm. You can, you know, pick up the phone or send a letter or mm-hmm. have another meeting with the adoptive family, you know, when when the time comes that, you know, you're really thinking a lot about that person or that family. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what's so great about open adoption is is no one's asking you to forget anymore. Mm-hmm. They're, they're celebrating the fact that you don't forget, that you do continue to love this child for the rest of their life. Mm-hmm. And you remember, I and mean, I think it's important for birth children to to um, know that also, um, that they realize that birth mothers make these choices. They, I mean, they could have chosen to abort the baby. Mm-hmm. Um, they could have had other choices, and they have, you know, gone through this. And, and you share with, uh, with how difficult it was. And in the hospital, I know that you uh, have a part in your book about um, how you spent time with the baby and coddling the baby and spending time with him. And you wrote a letter to him also at the hospital, which I think is crucial. I recommend to all our birth mothers that, you know, they do uh, write letters. Um, right. What prompted you to do that? Was it something from counseling, or was it something you just felt Yeah, the counselor had suggested it. She had left it up to me to decide if I really, you know, was ready to do that or not. She said, you know, obviously you can wait until the child's older if you'd like mm-hmm. to do that, or you can do it right now. And I knew I really wanted to be able to convey how I felt exactly at that moment. I think that's know. so wise. Um, I can't say that I remember what I wrote right. <laughs> because it was a very emotional experience. And, uh, you know, as mm-hmm. I've said, I, I remember writing I love you over and over and over and over mm-hmm. again. And I, I must have conveyed my feelings fairly clearly because when my son did get to read that letter when he was older, he, you know, his father had told me that he read the letter and he turned to his dad and he said, you know, that she must really be afraid that I'm not going to understand how much she loves me. But I do. I, I know that she loves me. Yeah. And that, that she would really be good to know. That. Right. And that she wouldn't be mad, you know. Yeah. That, uh, that, and I think that's and I remember writing a letter to my son's birth mother and just sobbing and sobbing through the whole um, letter um, because I loved her so much mm-hmm. for for what she did for her son, uh, for our son that we shared. And uh, I think, um, you know, you have to get into that, and you, as you learn and you start reading books, you start putting yourself in the shoes. And I found I was putting myself into your shoes reading your book, and uh, that really helps. And that's why I think this is a great right. book for adoptive parents and birth parents and to give as a gift because it really takes you. Your writing's wonderful, and it takes you right to where you were. And I, I think that's a really important piece for all of us to, right. to understand that because when we start understanding other people, um, we have more compassion. And we have more respect. And um, many of us wouldn't be able to do things that other people do without that. And right. I think, and that I think it's shares. very important, you know, like you, what you said you did in writing that letter. Mm-hmm. You know, my son's adoptive parents, the reason that our whole relationship has turned out so well, I, I fully credit them for because they were the first ones to reach out and to write me letters. And their, you know, sense of gratitude and love just the pages and there was just 
it made me feel very respected, mm-hmm. and it, it really laid a nice foundation for us to start building a relationship and trusting each other. Do you think your life would have turned out differently if you hadn't had that kind of relationship with your adoptive parents? I think so, yeah, because, you know, the worry, and one of the things that I talk about is that in my situation, you know, we only exchanged communication once a year, whereas, you know, currently you can exchange as, as often as you would like to. Mm-hmm. And I, looking back at the big picture, it took a, you know, a good six years, which for me was six letters, mm-hmm. to really feel like I understood them and they understood me and we had built, you know, a relationship mm-hmm. together. Um, and now families can do that. You know, you could exchange six letters in a matter of two months. You can do it through email. That's right. And <laughs> exactly. a website, too. So, you know, I'm, I'm very excited for, you know, the way the, the entire adoption process has changed because I think it will really do a lot to help Women. shorten the grief period I and, think so and too. move on to the relationship. That's right. And you know, we have so much more to share. We're going to take a quick break here, Patricia, and we come back. We'll continue our conversation, A Birth Mother's View of a Successful Adoption with Patricia Dishler and uh, talk about her new book, Because I Loved You. We'll be right back after this break. On my 18th birthday, I made a decision that would affect me forever. I chose life for my baby. I wasn't ready to be a mom or even to change my dreams of being a singer. Many of my friends offered to help me end my pregnancy. But then I learned about another option that provides a beautiful life for my baby, adoption. I was able to choose my son's parents and even meet them at the hospital. They love him so much and he's an answer to their prayers. I get emails and pictures from them. I even travel to visit my son each year. He has wonderful parents, an awesome life and a solid future, everything I wanted for him. And now, I've even moved to Nashville to follow my dreams. I chose life. I chose adoption. Open adoption means you make the choices. Choose the adoptive family, how much contact you want, and how you want the adoption to happen. To learn more about adoption, call 1-800-923-6784 or visit LifetimeAdoption.com. You can speak with a compassionate counselor confidentially 24 hours a day. Call Lifetime at 1-800-923-6784. Welcome back to Let's Talk Adoption. I'm Marty Caldwell, and my guest and author today is a birth mother, Patricia Deschler, and she um, is talking about uh, a very personal topic, um, her book, Because I Loved You, A Birth Mother's View of a Successful Adoption. And before we continue, I want to mention, too, uh, an adoption resource for adoptive parents, AdoptingOnline.com, is a book I wrote for hopeful adoptive parents seeking a guide to get them started in adoption. It's available at local bookstores and online and the book site, again, adoptingonline.com. And you can uh, also call in and order it online uh, at 1-877-1-800-77-432-6785. That's 1-877-432-6785. And um, Patricia, before we left on break, you, uh, there's a few more things. We've got only a few months left in the program, but um, so much I want to ask you. Uh, you know, Joe's parents, your son's parents, did something very unique and touching that I read about in your book at the age of two. They Share with us about the photo they, they had of you and what they did, because I think this is touching for adoptive parents to maybe do this, too. 
I'm sorry, the photo of? Uh, the photo they had of you they put in his bedroom. Oh, yes. Um, and, and, again, that went a long way to getting mutual respect because the more they show respect for me, the more I felt I wanted to show it towards them. And they wrote me a letter stating that I had given him um, a couple of little items to go with him when, when he left the hospital, a little blanket and a few other things. Mm-hmm. And they wrote back to me um, when he, a few letters in, I believe when he was two, that they placed these items in his room and that they did hang a picture of me in his room near his bedside. And that, you know, as they made it just, you know, a very natural part of his life to discuss the fact that he was adopted. He mm-hmm. would ask, you know, who is that? That's your, that's your birth mother. And as you get a little older, you know, the questions would get a little more detailed. You know, well, who is she? Well, she carried you in her tummy and she loved you. You know, mm-hmm. and, and they just built upon this mm-hmm. following his lead and his level of development, what he was ready to hear, and just answered honestly the questions as they came up. But because he's always had that photograph in this room and as he grew older and I had my two daughters I've sent their pictures and they've always been in his room and a part of his life as well and um, I think what's really been wonderful about their treatment of this is it was very natural for him I followed that lead when my daughters were born and Mm -hmm. very naturally asked answered their questions mm-hmm. because Joe's picture is in my home as well That's right. and mm-hmm. explained this is your brother and it's really led to us all having relationships my um, oldest daughter is 15 now has a wonderful relationship she just dotes on her big brother mm-hmm. <laughs> um, they email constantly and she spends about a week with him at my parents campground every wow, year that's and great. they have a, just a great relationship and I think you know we've all been able to break down those barriers between birth family and adoptive family. And as Joe's father so wonderfully put it, we're just family. Mm-hmm. And that's so great. You know, that's that's what it has to be because you are. You're all tied together by the heart, too. Right. There's a stigma, you know, a social stigma around birth mothers who uh, choose adoption. Uh, share with us what, what you, what, how you approach this and, and what you would like to see changed. Well, the thing that I was always faced with as a birth mother when people found out, you know, that I was a birth mother, you know, the the initial response is always, oh, I could never give up my child. Mm -hmm. I I hear that exact statement every time. Mm -hmm. And it's really quite offensive as a birth mother to hear that because you Mm -hmm. feel that they're in effect saying, well, you must somehow not love your child or, you know, not Mm -hmm. be as connected in order to be able to just, you know, to go through this. When the complete opposite mm-hmm. is what is true, yes. uh, it's not until you can really, truly put that child's needs before your own that you're going to be able to go through this. You really have to be, you know, in a place where you love that child so unconditionally that mm-hmm. they're, whatever it is they need to have a foundation for a terrific life mm-hmm. is going to be number one, and right. your needs are going to come after that, and that you're, you're okay with that. Right. And, you know, so when I, when I explained that in my story, you know, then people understand. And it would just be nice, you know, if, if socially the, the, all these myths and stigma of Went away. Know, the, yeah, the yeah. uneducated, exactly. you know, lower class young girl who's not, you know, just thinking of herself as the one that chooses adoption. You know, this is simply not true. Yeah, it's true, And too. it's very frustrating that these you know, myths and such. Are there? Let me give out your website, too, so people can find out. It's Patricia, and uh, P-A-T-R-I-C-I-A, 
last name is D-I-S-C-H-L-E-R.com, where they can find out more about your book, Because I Loved You, and I'm sure it's available at bookstores also. Absolutely. That's great. Well, listen, Patricia, thank you so much for being on the show today. You have been so valuable, and I just wish you the very best in the success of your book and your educational outreach. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you very much. Take care. Well, thank you so much for joining this week, and it's been a pleasure to be with you. Next time, we'll have another wonderful show for you. Until then, have a wonderful week. God bless you. This is Marty Caldwell. We'll speak to you next week. Thank you for joining us for Let's Talk Adoption with Marty Caldwell. For more adoption information, visit LifetimeAdoption.com or call 1-800-923-6784. That's 1-800-9-ADOPT-4. And tune in again next week at the same time for Let's Talk Adoption with Marty Caldwell.